2: You are listening to the Dynasty Trade Cast, brought to you by MyBookie.com. Welcome back for another episode, everyone. This is not Eric Bertloff, uh, but as always, this is Dan Sanio at FF Dynasty. Dan, joined by my bestest of friends, Nathan Powell. Nathan, how are you doing on this Ericless evening?
1: You know, it's an Ericless evening on the pod, but uh, he's. This is a couple hours from now. He's listening to us. He's editing it. Just because he can't make the pod doesn't mean he's not editing,
2: so shout out to Eric for grinding. And yeah, I'm doing well this evening. He's he's with us in spirit, I think is is what you were trying to say. Well, we, we aren't going uh, just the two of us tonight. We do have a special guest joining us from DLF and FF Statistics, does projections for player profile, and is the co-host of the Dynasty Crossroads on the DLF Family of Podcasts, Peter Howard. Peter, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy Eric couldn't make it. So, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> great. Hey, we, we, are, we are a next man up podcast. so
2: <laughs> I like it. We get that Bill Belichick mentality. Uh, make sure you are following Peter at Pay Hody, P A H O W D Y on Twitter. He's got some awesome stuff going pretty much constantly on Twitter. Uh, lots of, of things that you don't really have to read. You can just kind of look at and figure out, right, Peter? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's me. I, I like
1: I like the pretty colors personally.
2: It's the best. It's so attractive every single time it comes across the it comes across. <laughs> I, I, absolutely, I absolutely love it. Do you want to give a, a quick um a quick intro for things that you do Twitter wise, uh, anything else? Okay.
4: Um yeah, I don't really have a great summary myself. Um yeah, I'm I'm data focused, analytics focused, I guess you'd say. On the Dynasty Crossroads, it's me and Jake and at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter now. And we basically argue about one player a week. And I take the numbers side and he takes the film side and we try to come to a consensus or not kill each other. Um, (laughs) And so that's fun. Uh, On Twitter, I'm mostly posting the stuff I'm researching for DFS or my own lineups or stuff like that. And so it's mostly, yeah, it's not so many graphs, more tables and uh, charts, but uh, I do do a graph on, on occasion. And, um, uh try endlessly to be funny with sarcasm because that's 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 pretty much me <laughs>
2: I, 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 feel do. Like the, I feel like you're in the right place that this, this seems like yeah. it's gonna fit you like to argue which is perfect sarcasm always goes a long way <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so we are going to be talking week seven, getting those updated dynasty values across the board. But before we get there, I just want to give everyone a really quick reminder that you can support our RotoViz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to RotoViz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all of your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $5 a month and provide exclusive access to RotoViz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40. Podcast for just $5. We're one of those 40. Become a RotoViz or, or Radio. Four of those 40, patron. No
1: big deal. Before What's that?
2: We're four of those 40. Yeah, well, whatever. Whatever, <laughs> Nathan. You know what? Nathan, you should do it just like everybody else. Become a RotoViz Radio patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high quality, industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a RotoViz NFL Pass
1: right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The season is here. We're almost halfway through the season. Make sure you're ready. Make sure uh, you gain unlimited access to all the NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast.
2: Well, that's enough of that. We've had plenty of ad reads thus far. So Nathan, if you would like to walk us through step one on this, uh, on this episode today, which I'm pretty excited about, but let, let's let's dig into that a little bit.
1: Uh, my name is Nathan Powell. I'm not a big pat myself on the back guy. Everyone knows that. Not, not a big victory lap guy. But, All you do um,
2: is victory lap.
1: <laughs> um, our, our, first, our, our first topic last week, I was, I was erasing last week's uh, list of topics. Our first topic last week was Amari on the Block. And now our first topic this week is Amari to the Cowboys. The trade has been made. The Dallas Cowboys have traded their 2018 or 2019 first round pick in exchange for Amari Cooper. Uh, Dan, I believe you may have some sort of fandom with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I guess we can start with the fandom side and then go into fantasy. What are your thoughts on this trade?
2: Well, th- this this is starting to bring me back. I i had uh, i had cut all ties with the franchise because of how just ridiculously stupid Jerry Jones has been uh, whether it be through the draft through free agency any uh, and all of the above Uh, this one's kind of tugging at the heartstrings a little bit because Amari's kind of always been one of my guys Uh, I've always believed in the ability yes he's struggled with inconsistencies Uh, he's struggled with one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and now uh, has struggled with one of the worst coaches in the NFL. So, you know, I, I really do like this move. I think it helps everyone involved. The value, I, I don't think we can really speak on, <laughs> because giving up a first for Amari at this point may be slightly steep, even though if you go back and consider what was spent on him at the time, maybe a first isn't uh, all that much. But uh love this move. I think it gives Dak a, a real uh, number one uh, wide receiver this allows Michael Gallup to maybe work against some lesser uh, lesser opponents. And it also frees up Cole Beasley. So honestly, it gets Amari someplace away from Oakland. And sometimes people just need fresh starts. And And a lot of times these moves don't necessarily work out the best. But we always hope for the best. Changing scenery uh, sometimes just kind of helps a, a brain click.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm one of those guys that I like the trade for Amari because it's good for a fantasy. And you can like Amari Cooper as a wide receiver, but still just like the value from an NFL perspective of trading a first-round pick for a guy who's about to enter his fifth-year option. Uh, but you know, this is a fantasy show, so we'll, we'll get back on the fantasy side of things. I do think that this kind of lowers his ceiling from a 2018 perspective because guys who trade get traded midseason rarely are guys that you know light up the world because you got to learn a playbook, you got to your teammates, and, and things of that nature. So I'm not necessarily excited for 2018 Amari Cooper, but I am excited for 2019 Amari Cooper. That offense is going to, you know, it's going to have to get more exciting. It's going to have to, you know get more explosive because they added Amari Cooper, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, will continue to do what he does, but uh, he'll be a feature of that offense more so in 2019 than 2018. What are your thoughts on, on Cooper in Dallas, Peter? I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I didn't really realize you wanted me here to talk. I just thought
4: I was getting like a front row seat. <laughs> this is, uh, what world. Hang on a little, hang on a minute while I, uh, Pull something up Yeah, Um, I don't know. I guess I'm more upset for Michael Gallup. I mean, last week he finally started to get the early targets. He got like three targets and went for 80 yards or something. And then the team immediately went away from him because you know it's the Cowboys. Um, so I I don't like it for Michael Gallup because I think Amari Cooper's for real this year. He's been suffering from a, like some really bad efficiency where he's getting targeted most, which kind of sucks. But that's not true any other year. So I think that's a product of his usage and also what the team's doing right now, um, which has been his story for this whole season, right? Um, When he's getting targets, he's been putting up fantasy points with him. And then the next week he doesn't get any targets and he can't catch no targets. So I'm not really worried about the player. I think it's great for Dallas. I think it would be great for Dallas if it wasn't Dallas um because <laughs> like any like i really listened to your podcast last week actually that was my entire preparation for this and the one thing someone said and i think it might have been eric actually was as long as it's not dallas and <laughs> <laughs> c- couldn't have been more right um because I, the problem with this team is the coaching and the the front office and that entire half i think it's got uh, like i think Dak's solid. Uh, I really do. And I think um, Cole Beasley's good at his job, and I think Michael Gallup's an interesting prospect, and I think Amari Cooper's good. It's just, if I was going to not trust a team to figure it out, it would be Dallas. So, um, yeah, I I like him. I like the player. Um, He just hasn't gone to a better situation. It's kind of the same situation where I'm not sure he's going to get used right or enough.
1: Yeah, I I think that the Cowboys are in a position now, they, they've invested the first round pick in Cooper that a, they're going to flood him with targets. But also I think that if the Cowboys don't make the playoffs and all, all signs point to them, you know, finishing as a seven and nine, six and 10 team, then I think that, I mean, I know we say this every year, but I think Jason Garrett's gone. And once Jason Garrett's gone, they bring in a new head coach, you know, everything is up for debate of what happens next with the offense in the future. So, I mean, it's kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of hoping for our coaching firing here, but <laughs> and that, 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 that is the case that you're hoping that they move, go a different direction with that offense because it can't be as bland as what Garrett did.
4: I've been hoping for that for so long though. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I wish I could believe that Garrett was gone. I just,
2: I just don't see it.
4: Right. Wow. If, if they were going to wise up, surely they would have done it before. now.
2: I'm going to break some news on the dynasty trade cast. Uh, you will have heard this here first. Uh, Lincoln Riley to the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 let's go Um, (laughs) no and Nathan you talked about uh, the new playbook thing and and I don't know that it's going to be much for Amari to learn six plays uh, because that's pretty much that's pretty much what they do on offense they they just kind of run sweeps and they just Run Zeke, and occasionally if they throw a pass. So I think I think to his dynasty value, I I don't know that it really lofts it up much. Like Peter said, I think it's kind of a lateral move. It's just it's all going to depend on his volume and the way Dallas has been playing. Their their pass catchers really aren't doing much outside of Cole Beasley because he's kind of the safety valve. So maybe if Amari can become the safety valve and, and gain that chemistry with Dak, I think I think they'll be in a good place. And I think that. The, the fact that they moved the first they're almost stuck re-signing him assuming he wants to re-sign there so we'll see what happens in these next uh eight games uh, and and honestly i think i think we could slowly see his value creep back up i don't think it'll ever get back to where it was because i think too many people will have soured but i think he could just be a solid you know back end of the second uh, type dynasty asset
4: yeah, I, I think what you guys, someone said anyway, um, oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention to which, you're just talk, talking heads to me at this point, I guess. But he can, <laughs> if I was going to trust Dallas to do anything, it would be to trade for a player for a first and then just throw him the ball whether he's doing well or not. That would make sense. And if he's getting targets like that, then I, I think he can put up numbers with them. So that that's probably the positive sign. The other thing I was thinking is I tend to think why as well. I, I, I don't think i believe no one can prove that wide receivers own their own production but i don't know there are some quarterbacks that do better at certain areas of the field right i don't know i believe that marcus mariota can't throw to the right or that andrew lurk only throws to tight ends i think that's part of how their team's built but dak has always even in his good first year He did better throwing to Cole Beasley and Jason Witten than anyone down the field. And I guess that would be the only other concern I have that maybe um, Amari's not not the receiver for this team.
1: All right. Let's wrap up the Cowboys discussion with, we we've been talking about Dak the last couple of weeks and we, we, we asked if he was back and you know, he's now had two straight weeks of solid fantasy production. And now you enter Amari Cooper into the equation. So, you know, Maybe that offense tries and open, opens up a little bit. Are you uh, more of a believer in Dak than you were like seven hours ago? Um,
2: I think, well, I've never really given up on Dak. I've gotten close a couple of times and then they start bringing those plays back. And, and now all of a sudden here we are. Uh, I think, I think he's still kind of where he was for me. I'm sure he's probably going up for everyone else, but I've always been a, a fan of him. I think he's just kind of a, a middle of the road uh, QB two at the moment. I want to say he's a low end QB one just because of his age, but I'm also not a sucker for value. So I think he just kind of holds there.
1: What about, what What are your thoughts on, on Dak from a fantasy perspective, Peter?
4: Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I've been higher than most before now. So I think people might start to catch up with me. He's actually ended up as the QB two on most of my rosters that I drafted um, this off season. And um, so, yeah, I, I've, Kind of been liking him more than most, and um, after you know one, one and a half good games, I guess, and um, now Amari Cooper, I think the field might start to catch up with me. Um, I definitely think he's a middle of the road QB two. Um, I think his upside's a little higher than that. He's one of the few players in the league that's shown competency in the past, as in a top twelve quarterback, but has a, a rushing and throwing skill set, and that just provides a much safer floor. And I kind of like buying in on the guys that everyone pushes up into the top five and then decide that they're outside the top 24 the next year. I think that's the values jumped around too much. So, yeah, I, I still like Dak. I'm um, worried people are going to start – the values going to catch up with where I haven't, though,
1: All right. In terms of trade. All right, let's move on to a running back that had some rotations uh, in the last week or so, and that's Carlos Hyde being traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Jacksonville – uh Jaguars and I'll I'll start with uh the the thing that I think is most important from this trade at least from a short-term perspective is it's now Leonard Fournette panic time I think that it's very real (laughs) possibility that he goes on IR or just doesn't return until very late in the season that's why they went out and traded a fifth round pick for Carlos Hyde I don't think it's like oh we just traded for an RB2 because we locked up well that's not true because they had Yeldon who was a perfectly fine RB2 so I, I think that they're very worried that that Fournette is out most of the season. Um, but I do think this is a a prime opportunity to go try and buy Leonard Fournette because people panicking about these short-term type injuries. Uh, it's a great opportunity to buy a guy who I consider, you know, top five, six dynasty running back. Um, Dan, what what are your thoughts on this? Are you more excited about Hyde, excited about Chubb? What what are your thoughts on these situations?
2: Well, I'm excited for what seems to be primed as a quadruple um, option going on in Jacksonville because it just seems like a move where they just want to take the ball out of Bortles' hands even more because all he does is turn it over and all he does is lose. So I I don't love – I mean, I've never really been a huge Carlos Hyde guy, I think. I think he was a little bit of a value coming into the season, especially once they drafted Nick Chubb. I think his value just absolutely plummeted. And then now we've seen him produce at a decent level. He hasn't, he hasn't wowed anyone, but he's also been pretty decent. So I think he's still just kind of a mediocre guy. And again, not one to uh, toot horns or uh, victory lap, but kind of been calling this on Leonard Fournette And, and Eric wanted nothing of it, but, we won't we won't shun him for not being here and able to defend himself uh yeah i don't understand the move i i don't think it helps anyone other than the browns running backs i think it makes it a sloppy hideous mess in jacksonville because carlos hyde still has time left on that contract leonard fournette we don't know because who knows if he's gonna play the rest of the year and like you said tj yeldon was perfectly capable so it's just a weird, weird spot. They they should have used some of that draft capital on a, a little more important position, maybe like a quarterback. I don't know.
1: Peter, what are your thoughts on Nick yeah. Chubb and his new newfound uh, volume that he's going to be getting?
4: Um i don't know um probably the same as everyone else right i think he's incredibly talented he was a buy up until you know exactly last week in dynasty and it turns out he's going to be good in redraft as well um he's inheriting the carlos hyde role but duke johnson i i i don't expect to see much more usage from duke johnson it's like what i was saying about the cowboys this just isn't the team to think think that way they're not good <laughs> not good at that um or anything so i think duke's gonna stay where he is and chubb's gonna be a more talented carlos hyde Um, although carlos hyde's actually been running well this year he's um top of the league in terms of evaded tackles per touch um so that was something of a surprise but then again they have a, a pretty good system there for that running back so yeah he's a top 12 running back and if you didn't buy him before now it's too late <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's certainly just another. I mean, we, we've this has been like the official Browns podcast all offseason. We've been hyping Browns uh, <laughs> from every, but former Browns, current Browns, all the Browns, and Nick Chubb is just another example of that. Where you know he, he's going to be a workhorse, workhorse back in the league. He's going to you know lose some passing volume to Duke Johnson, but I think he's easily an RB one the rest of the season and pretty much an RB one you know for the next three, four, or five years. Um, Let's move on to uh, the Jaguars quarterback position. It's uh, one of the most uh, important positions in football. Uh, <laughs> Blake Bortles benched at halftime of the 20-7 loss uh, against the Texans in Week 7. And then there was the rumor that he was going to be benched for Week 8 and that Cody Kessler would be starting. And then that had been, like, retracted, and now it's Cody Kessler is going to be getting, you know, first-team snaps this week, but Bortles will be getting the start. So I've kind of always hyped Bortles as the guy who – the 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 dynasty and the fantasy community wants to bench him, but he'll never really get benched. So I'm fine just taking the points. Well, now there's the actual threat of him getting benched. So Dan, is it too late to sell Bortles if you have him, or is it now time to buy? What, what are your thoughts on Bortles and his future as a starting quarterback?
2: I don't. I don't want to say it's too late because there's always someone late to the dinner table. But it, you know, it's it's kind of been it's kind of been in the making for a while, right? You either got everyone soured on his actual ability and inconsistencies that's just completely out, and maybe you just have a few people left that are, well, I'll take the free fantasy points. Well, those are probably the guys that have him in most of your leagues, so you might be hard-pressed to, to find somewhere to move him. Uh, I would probably be doing anything I could to get him off of my rosters if I did have him. Uh, and at the same time, a nice streaming option potentially is Cody Kessler. You may have to spend a little bit of your of your FOB budget to go get him, uh, but if it's a super flex league, it's a smart ad. Uh, if he's not already owned, which some may have had already, already had him owned, but like you said, it didn't seem like Bortles was um, was due for a benching based on the way the coaching staff talked about him and and you know the front office talked about him, and all of a sudden we see the benching and now it's real. So I, I, think, I think, honestly, their plan moving forward should be Cody Kessler because he gives them, of what they have, not for what's available, but what, of what they have, he gives them the best chance to win because I don't believe he's the turnover machine that Blake Bortles is. They may lack a little bit of the high end that Bortles brought with, with his legs and occasionally magically hitting passes down the field to either Keelan Cole or DeeDee Westbrook. So I think I think Kessler's the right option here, and I think you do need to get away from Bortles if at all possible. I'm not saying like sell them for nothing, but you should try to get anywhere near market value uh, in a Superflex league.
1: So, Peter, let's talk Superflex. What would be your buy number and your sell number for as far as like a rookie pick value for Bortles? Anything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like Bobby Koch is always arguing. Um, Twitter and everywhere else that you know, we're we're underating Blake Bortles for fantasy, and you know he's got a point. He's always you know doing better in fantasy than we always expect him to be benched, frankly. But my point's always been that if you trade into Blake Bortles, you're kind of stuck with him. Uh, the you know what was a tweet the other day about um, Devontae Parker? I forget who who posted it, but they were like the difficult part about trading him is finding someone who wants him. And if you trade into Blake Bortles, that's it. You're in for the ride, whether he gets benched or he starts for the next five years, that's it. it it's really difficult to find someone who's ever going to want to trade for him. It's almost like, okay, I'll give you more value on the other side if you'll take Blake Bortles, especially in Superflex. Um, So, yeah, I just don't want to take that ride. So <laughs> there's pretty much, like, for you can't sell him for less than a first because it's a Superflex league, but I will take any first just so that I don't have to do that ride right anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was going <laughs> I to say my, my buying point in, in Superflex would be like a mid to late second. I'd simply be buying on the fact that the NFL lacks quarterback talent and Blake Bortles is currently starting NFL quarterback, so that, that's worth at least a mid to late second. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody on this planet is giving a first for Blake Bortles right now, even in Superflex.
4: Yeah, I'd probably take the second two just to get off the get off the merry-go-round, to be honest. <laughs> You're probably right. I was thinking more two QB than Superflake, sorry. Basically the same thing. I guy. mean, it's,
1: it's the same thing.
4: It's, it's not if you have to start two versus starting the second one if you want to. But if you get away with
1: Yeah, but if you want to win, you pretty much need to be uh, starting <laughs> two quarterbacks. And if you want to be betting, there's only one place for you to bet, and that place is my bookie. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talk about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. I love the parlay. It's the the best. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. Get the right odds. It could be even more than that. There's so much uh, to bet on. There's playoff baseball going on. Hockey, NBA just started a bet on LeBron to win the championship. Who knows? Primetime fights. But my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year long. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. That's the most important part. So who actually likes using their computer? You gotta have a good mobile site. If, uh, if you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you've got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer. They'll be pulling it. They're like, look, you got to get it now? Oh, we pulled it. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, log on to my bookie right now and double your money. Use promo code Rotoviz and you'll get your first deposit matched one hundred percent. That's promo kid promo code Rotoviz, R O T O V I Z. I know how to score Rotoviz and you can play, you can win, and then you'll get paid.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day Sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season: forty to seventy-five percent off everything, plus doorbusters August thirtieth through September second only. Tees from four ninety-nine, logo styles from sixteen ninety-nine, and jeans from nineteen ninety-nine. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day Sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season: forty to seventy-five percent off everything, plus doorbusters August thirtieth through September second only. Tees from four ninety-nine, logo styles from sixteen ninety-nine, and jeans from nineteen ninety-nine. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at com,
2: It's all about getting paid. Well, uh, I'm going to skip the topic that was on the list, and I'm going to go right to just the... Uh, I mean, it's the story of the entire season. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's heard about it. And there's still, for some reason, some arguments about it, I guess. Uh, and Scott Fish will be happy to know we mentioned him on this podcast because I, like Scott, uh, believe this man is, in fact... I don't know that he's the most talented man in the NFL, but he is definitely playing the best at his position in the NFL this year. And that of course is Adam Thielen, absolutely blowing everyone out of the water this year. He's got 179 and some change for PPR points. That's only been done a few times. Uh, I think Marvin Harrison in us in his first seven games of a season is the only guy to do it more in the last 20 years. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing. Nathan, did you have him high enough up coming into this season like most people didn't? Obviously, we couldn't expect this, but did you, did you think this is even in the realm of possibilities?
1: No, uh, I, I, but partly part of my lack of love for Thielen, and this is why you can't just hitch to your takes and be stuck to them. Part of my lack of love for Thielen was the hope that Treadwell would turn into something. And actually, Treadwell has turned into a viable NFL player. But that has not hurt Adam Thielen whatsoever. So uh, the fact that I was h- h- hitching my wagon to uh, Treadwell, you know, it didn't matter. Adam Thielen is one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL today. He's playing better than Diggs. He's getting more production than Diggs. And that was, many in the fantasy community would think Diggs is the next Antonio Brown. Maybe Adam Thielen is the next Antonio Brown. Probably a little bit of a stretch because of his age. But, you know, so but with, with Thielen, I, I mean, I'll go out and say it. Um, I'm going to be trying to sell my couple of shares that I have <laughs> because, because people are now putting him in that top five wide receiver conversation. And if I can flip a Thielen for a Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, you know, any of those types of players, I'll do that even if I have to add a little bit. Um, I understand the, all the points he's put up in the big production, but I think that I, I don't I, I don't really believe in his talent long term, I guess.
2: So, and, I think, as, as I think that. I think, but I still think that is the mistake. And I don't think you're ever going to get top five prices for him in Dynasty. Again, because of his age, probably a little bit because of the fact that he's white. I don't think that helps him. Um, <laughs> so honestly, it's as long as he's attached to Kirk Cousins, who absolutely 100% is just filling up the stat sheet week in and week out. And even if they get Delvin, a, a healthy Dalvin Cook back, I don't see how both Thielen and Diggs aren't at least top 20 wide receivers year in and year out. They may trade off. They may do this. They may do that. But most people didn't even have Adam Thielen as a wide receiver too, which is absolutely absurd, especially knowing what kind of quarterback they had coming in and, and liking to throw the football with John Filippo. Obviously, Zimmer's you know probably wanting them to run the ball a little bit more. Filippo says, uh, "Absolutely, they want to run the ball, but you just can't because you got to get it to your good players, and that's what they're doing. He, he's going to keep feeding Thielen until it stops working, and because of his route running and because of his hands, I don't see it not working. It's it's he's going to win at every level, um, just like Julio Jones wins. Uh, I think that's a closer comp right now than. Than any of the other ones that maybe we could talk about is, you know, you you brought up Antonio Brown and that's more like the digs guy like you said, but I I think I think you put him right wherever Julio is. Honestly, that's that just seems like it makes sense to me. Peter, how are you? uh, Are you catching back up with Adam Thielen's value? Were you higher up than most? How are you feeling with Thielen? Yeah,
4: I didn't want all my clicking to be uh to feel with this. Yeah, um, I was higher than most with Adam Thielen. I'm a big believer in the talent, and I was when he was an undrafted free agent um, on a practice squad. So I guess I'm the exact opposite of Nathan. I'm just not – I think if you're not surprised once he got opportunity that he did this, you are happy to have him at this value. And um, I think you're right. You're not going to get top five value uh, for him in Dynasty. Um, I think you should, though. I think you should be willing to go – pay less than that because I think you can get him for less than that. And um, if you don't have him um, and I'm not selling him because I don't think I'm going to get that now, just numerically, I you know have to do due diligence in here and say he can't get a hundred yards on a touchdown every game, I guess. Um, and he's definitely overproducing at this point, but yeah, the, the talents for real and it was visible in his college profile, let alone in his NFL profile. So, I don't think this is an aberration, and I think this is a function of what he's capable of. And so, yeah, I really, really like Anthean. The only thing that kept me from making him a wide receiver one this offseason in my ranks was uh, Diggs, the potential of Stefan Diggs, like you said, um, who I also really like. But at this point, um, I, I flipped him. So Adam Thielen's definitely a top 12 wide receiver, and Stefan Diggs is top 15. And yeah, I think this is just going to continue, not at this level, um. But this is what they're going to do for the next few years.
2: I think that makes I think that makes sense. And um, just again, Nathan, you brought up Treadwell a little bit ago, and I, I threw up the little little toot toot symbol, uh, a mini breakout. We're I think we can we can we're allowed to call it that. He's he's looked better. He looked abysmal to start the season with really bad drops, but the last couple of games he's looked uh, at least semi-capable which is positive um but back to Thielen I'd like to feel like I have a little bit of an impression on Adam Thielen he used to live with my best friend while at Mankato (laughs) State and I've partied with Adam Thielen so no (laughs) big deal we got into whatever place we wanted to get into on campus because at the time he was still the guy to know uh it was Adam Thielen and the hockey team at Mankato State so that's uh, (laughs) a little bit about his past Nathan what do we got next
1: All right, next, let's talk about tight ends that don't matter. Uh, We're going to talk about Michael Roberts, who had a bit of a uh, breakout game for the Lions, and we have Chris Herndon, who had one of his own. Uh, I guess just from a a broad perspective, Peter, if you have one of these tight ends, which one are you more comfortable maybe doing a week start or an injury start the rest of the year?
4: Um, Herndon. um, There was some buzz about him having a connection with – Donald <laughs> in um in the off season um I tend not to look at tight ends till they've been in the league a few years so I'm not as familiar with his profile <laughs> and Michael Roberts just seems like yeah it, that was just a fluke that was the Will Disley of the mid season to be honest.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Certainly from a dynasty perspective, Herndon is the guy to prefer. But I do think and yes, their wide receiver core is crowded with with the trio of Galladay, Tate, and Jones. But there is a bit of an opportunity at the tight end position with the Lions, which kind of intrigues me with, you know, Stafford at this stage of his career is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So I, I am a bit intrigued by Roberts as like a bi week guy, but from a dynasty perspective, I do agree Herndon is the guy to look for.
2: I think roberts uh, maybe was a little bit overlooked in the past yes he's he's he had, he had the injuries uh, but on on tape at least he had a pretty strong uh college profile he was he was fun to watch he looked really good um shout out to Waz who was a big Michael Roberts guy and you know honestly I think both of them are gonna have similar dynasty outlooks. I don't think either one of them is going to run away with it. I think Peter's probably right, at least for the 2018 season uh, in Herndon having that, that edge. But I think Roberts, uh, you know, as, as a best ball type of guy might have a couple more of these, maybe like will Disley had like one (laughs) and a half of until he died for our sins. So um, (laughs) I think, I think both of these guys, honestly, if if it's a tight end premium league or something like that, they're both definitely worth the stash. I think both have, um, you know, potential futures. It just kind of depends on how their teams roll with them. All
1: right. Let's move on to a guy that I accidentally skipped right before the ad read. And I skipped it. No, no, I skipped it going to the ad read. And then you skipped it after the ad read. So
2: because I don't want to talk about this polished turd.
1: All right. The polished turd is Marlon Mack. The RB one for the Indianapolis Colts had the game of his career, 30 plus fantasy points. He went bananas. Uh, You know, we, we kind of, We're hyping up Naheem Hines as the RB1 in Indianapolis after he had a couple of good weeks. Um, We'll start with Peter here. Are you excited about Marlon Mack? Do you think that this kind of uh, sets aside Naheem Hines for the the time being? Where are you at with that Colts backfield?
4: Yeah, I like Marlon Mack. Um, he was a solid college producer at an early age. Um, he did well in his first year, had this argument too, but the only players in the last 10 years to do better on a per-touch basis than Marlon Mack with his 50 touches or so in that first year is Carlos Hyde, who's been a solid, solid NFL producer and one of few that you know didn't get the uh, large role in the first year, to be fair. Um yeah, I believe he's got a three down skill set. I don't think he's the receiver Naheem Hines is, so I think we're looking at a split, but I think they can both be productive. I don't know what happened to Hines last week. Um maybe he was still getting punished for the week before. Um I'm not sure. But um yeah, I, I definitely like Marlon Mack. Um this was the uh this was an ideal game up against Buffalo for him, of course. So um but I think he's definitely a running back two going forward, and I'd be looking to trade for him in Dynasty.
1: So that, that's interesting because I think that his value is very much in the air. Where do you where would you say his rookie pick value is right now, Mac?
4: Ooh, um, I'd be okay with a late first for Mac.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, most people would, would be hard hard pressed to part Mac, part with Mac, part a part with a first for Mac. Uh, <laughs> but but I also think that no one's really selling for a second at this point. Um, but, yeah, I do think that that Colts backfield will be, will be a bit game script dependent. The emergence of Mac is pretty much going to kill any sort of relevance for Jordan Wilkins. But this basically just equals Also because he's
4: just bad. But
1: okay. oh, sure. Yes. But, uh, but also the game script dependent, I think that Mac gets the touches when the Colts are up, uh, you know, in the running game portion. And then when they're down, which is going to be quite a few
2: games, the Hines might be getting, you
1: know, the, the passing down work as they're down
2: for what it's worth I'd snap accept any second for Marlon Mack if I owned him yeah. anywhere. Um but I uh, like I mean I'm not a big two down back kind of guy and I think that's what we have on our hands here. Uh, and you know there's potential if Naheem Hines goes somewhere else or does something different. It is what it is and and maybe Marlon Mack, you know, sticks to the role and and um you know having having uh, Andrew Luck there is is a huge huge help you, know, you have to keep the, the defense at bay, but I, I think I think, like Peter said, we're looking at a, a full-on uh, committee here. I think Hines makes a ton of sense as that change of pace guy, that that third-down pass-catching back, uh, which limits Marlon Mack's ceiling. But you know, if he can turn himself into Jordan Howard, even though he's honestly significantly better than Jordan Howard, uh, I don't think I, I you know, I, I don't hate him. I'm just not a big two-down back guy, and that's what I think we have.
4: I don't think you're going to get many running backs that aren't two damn backs. I mean, there are very few that are three. There's like three of them and they're worth four first round picks.
2: Right. Now, what, so, what, I mean,
4: what are we arguing for here that he's not not <laughs> Levy on
2: bell? No, he's not. I mean that I don't have any interest in non-pass catchers. I'd rather have a a only well, pass catcher than though. someone with 12 with 12 rushes a game.
4: He does catch the ball though. He had like, what was it? Three. He can, but he
2: won't because he's not as good as Naeem Himes. So if if the Colts have any sort of brain within the organization, which maybe they don't because they've handled things so poorly. Um, I, I honestly think, I think Hines is, is the PPR back there. Um, but again, yeah, but, we, we yeah. just saw him get spelled out because of what happened possibly from the week before. Maybe he's dealing with an injury. We don't know. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a PPR guy. I don't love two down or only rushing backs. I get that Mac can catch the ball. I just don't think he's doing it.
4: Yeah, I'm adding myself as a full-on math, Mac truther here, I guess. But, yeah, I just think he's I, – I think that might be overstating it so much. I mean – this the reason I like Heinz as a receiver is because this offense is so focused on getting the ball to you know the tight ends and a receiver like Mac, even though Hilton's coming back now, so it might change. But even when he was in early this season, his dot was like ridiculous compared to his career. So I think I, I think the volume might be there for both of them. I think he's a three down back who's gonna get who can never be. Um, like I say, he's never going to have the target share of a, a full-on three-down bank, but he's got that skill set, and that makes him more interesting than someone like Carlos Hyde, for example. For me, at least.
1: All right, those are some good takes. Let's go on to our last topic, and it's going to be the much-ballyhooed 2017 tight end draft class. Pretty much was talked about all offseason, and we were, we were one of those people. Uh, Dan and I did a hot takes episode just right before the season started, and I had the hot take that... Uh, Ingram and Njoku would have a higher Dynasty ADP than Rob Gronkowski come January. And then when I asked Dan who would be the tight end one of this group, like if one of these players is going to become the tight end one and and surpass Gronk, who would it be? Dan said it would be O.J. Howard. And I I thought that was an interesting take. And honestly, I think that Howard is looking like the most promising future of the three so far (laughs) this year. Ingram has been hurt and hasn't really been able to do much. Plus, Eli is terrible. Um, and Joku had a slow start, and then when Mayfield took over, he's been playing very well. So, uh, Dan, you want to continue with your Howard take? What, what are your thoughts on, on this
2: situation? Well, first of all, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, so thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I think honestly, I, I think OJ Howard is the is the best football player by a mile here. I don't think he has the ceiling that either Ingram or Njoku Joku have. Uh, I think looking at it now. Maybe I, I, before I, I liked Ingram over in Joku. I think maybe now I can flip them. Uh, Ingram seems like he may just kind of struggle with the injury bug throughout like most tight ends do, but that's something that that he's going to really, really need. But at the same time, he, he's not really missing a whole lot having Eli Manning back there. So maybe he's just kind of playing his cards right and <laughs> waiting on the sidelines. What a What so a, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm sticking with O.J. Howard as, as my tight end one of this group uh, just because, again, I believe in the full skill set. I think it, it's, you can't take him off of the field. Yes, they have Cam and Everyone wants to believe that that uh, Winston's going to target him uh, tons and tons and tons. But Howard's going to break that seal eventually and, and become uh, he's going to become a really good tight end if he's not already.
1: Peter, what are your thoughts on this group?
2: Yeah, I had Ninjoko over Howard
4: when they first came out. I think I'm going to stick there. I'm much higher on Howard than I was when they first came out. There were too many, he's good at pass blocking arguments, um which I tend to find what I tend find nonsense for coming from running backs. <laughs> I hate to be harsh about it, but you know, team pass blocking keeps coughing up the ball and keeps going back to it. And you have to learn pass blocking when you enter the NFL. It's a completely different game. It's like nothing like the college game so everyone comes in bad at it. Some are better than others and uh, I can fully admit that and I know that the only, the only completeness of O.J. Howard's game isn't just his pass blocking, he just knows the position and more depth and I agree with that. I just think Ninjoko can learn it and um, I think that argument would work better for me if Ninjoko was undersized but he's really not. He's a, he's a full grown tight end full grown man and um, so I know both of them look good right now. Both of them are earning opportunity um, in the last three weeks. Ninjoku has actually had the same whopper or weighted opportunity rating from airyards.com, um as Antonio Callaway, and everyone loves his opportunity. But Antonio Callaway sucks at catching the ball, and doesn't. So um, yeah, I really like a Ninjoku. What I'd say is I've I've elevated Howard because he honestly has started to earn opportunity, and. Um, Uh, I think I was uh, unnaturally low on him just because I liked Njoku. So um, I'm taking the W and the L, I guess, (laughs) at the same time that Howard is definitely good. I just, uh, um, I think Njoku is the better receiver, and that's always going to be better for fantasy for a guy who's definitely capable of that uh, full complete role as well. That was too long.
1: (laughs) And uh, just wrap it up with one more thing. I know you touched on Howard and Njoku Are you worried about the injuries with Ingram? You worried about Eli both? What are your thoughts on him? Is he the clear third in this group now?
4: No, he isn't just in terms of size, I guess he, he's more, he's looking to be more of a Jimmy Graham or a Jordan Reed than he is a Gronk, for example, but that's, those aren't bad players to be compared to at all. And, the thing Ingram has in his corner is that he became a top five tight end in his first year. And that's a really select group. That guy's going to produce another top five, top 12 season at some point, as long as he, his career keeps going. Um he's also on the worst, probably I, I, there's a feather in the Browns cap. He, he's probably on the worst team at this point. The Browns are probably uh, better than New York right now, but um, I know it's a three way race. I would probably have Ingram. Between the two and Ninjoku, now nah, now nah, I still have to sorry indecision here. I still have to have Ingram above both, just because he's been a top five tight end, and that's such an elite thing to have accomplished for yeah, fantasy production goes um, a for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's really predictive at that position moving forward. So, well, not really predictive, relatively predictive <laughs> for a sport that's not predictive at all. So yeah, Ingram at top. <laughs>
1: All right, that'll wrap us up for today. Trying to uh, let you guys know that you should recommend uh, us five star reviews, uh, Rotoviz Radio on iTunes and e- every place that you can find uh, podcasts and all that good stuff. Uh, Peter, once again, just let everyone know where they can find you. And I really appreciate you coming on. You you drop some knowledge. We always enjoy when we have a guest that. Is a lot smarter than us, and this was an actual <laughs> smart person,
2: <laughs> not just so, self
1: proclaimed. Th- th- this, was, this was clearly the case. We enjoyed your content tonight. Just uh, let everyone know where they can find you, and uh, then we'll sign off. Uh,
4: just to clarify that, I'm definitely not smarter than anyone, but I do, you know, I enjoy the compliment. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Twitter pretty much 24 hours a day. You can find me on there, or you can find me at, at DLF Dynasty League Football and where I post most of my articles and content or on ffstatistics.com. And thanks for having me on guys. This was a lot of fun.
2: Glad you could make it. Uh, we we also enjoyed it and you definitely are much smarter and don't don't try to don't try to play coy there. You know how to read things. Nathan Nathan can barely get through the alphabet. So <laughs> Well, um, I just, again, want to say thank you to everybody. Like Nathan said, make sure you get those five-star reviews in. And we will see you all in one week's time.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season, 40 to 75% off everything, plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99, logo styles from $16.99, and jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
4: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history